You are now tuned to the K100 Radio Hip Hop and RMB. Ah, uh, what's happening, good people? What's happening? Um, got a special treat for y'all right now. Thanks, brother, for tuning in to K100 Radio. www.chainlessentertainment.com. That's our website. Hit us up. Follow us on our social media at K100 underscore radio. Right? Hit us up. Do that now. You can communicate with us there. I actually check my social media. Really, for real, for real. Like, that's actually a person. Not a, you know, that you actually talk to and that actually responds. I follow back. All the good stuff. I'm not a, sno- a social media snob. All right? I holler back. 347-934-0966. That's the number to dial to the show. 347-934-0966. That's them Dalton show. I'm doing a direct line artist interview and I'm getting ready to set it off. But this is a, a rather unique uh, version of that because the person that I'm getting ready to talk to is not only an artist and also not and also an artist that's not producing music in a genre that we play a lot over here at K100 Radio. No, uh, but all that aside. I met this person. And I actually started to communicate with this person, not because of her music. Actually, I communicated with this person because I read an article that she wrote, and the article hit me so hard that I reached out to her and I said, "I'd love for you to come on K One Hundred Radio and talk about what you said in your article." So I'd like to welcome uh, to K One Hundred Radio for the first time, uh, Miss Doria Roberts. Welcome. How you doing, Miss Lady? <laughs> Good, how you doing? Can you hear me okay? Yes, I hear you fine. You're coming through crystal clear. Okay. Thank you, thank you. Perfect. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, welcome to k One's Radio. Um, and this is my first introduction. This is my, actually my first time actually hearing your voice. We've got this little amazing, <laughs> amazing, amazing invention called the internet that kind of cuts all that out for, you know, a, a while. Sometimes you don't meet people and talk to them face-to-face for a long time, and sometimes you don't even hear their voice, and you feel like you kind of know them a little bit, or at least you had a formal yeah. introduction. A little bit. You have a formal introduction, kind of sort of, the internet introduction, I like to call it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but welcome to the show. And first of all, Thank you. I, I'd like to let you go ahead and start off by saying exactly where you hail from, and a little bit about yourself before we get into everything that we're going to talk about right now. Okay. Uh, well, I was born in Trenton, New Jersey. Um, but I went to school in Philly. And then I moved to Atlanta um, in 1996. So I've been here a minute. I've been here about 18 years. <clears throat> so uh, I started my music in Philly. And uh, I didn't actually start doing music until um, my senior year in college. So I was 21. Right. I was sort of a late late bloomer on that whole thing. And, uh, yeah, started uh, right after school, started uh, in the Philadelphia music scene, and then moved here um, not really for music, uh, just for, you know, to help my cousin out um, with something she was going through and and uh, wound up staying. I won an open mic, <clears throat> won $1,000, which is a lot of money when you're 24. Right. Uh, and don't have any money, so I, I used it to to relocate uh, here, and I just uh, stayed, you know. Um, I tour internationally, tour the country, um, Canada, Europe, and um, Australia, Japan, um, completely independent, uh, and have stayed that way on purpose, actually. 
Right. Um, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. I release all my own records. I have seven seven projects out, and I'm re-releasing the last project um, that I put out, which is a tribute to a folk singer uh, named Odetta, and I'll be re-releasing that in August. And speaking of that, speaking of that, what you just said, your genre of music is folk, and I know a lot of people are like. <laughs> You know, you have, to, you have to understand this is, this is internet radio, so we can say whatever. You, you don't have to really watch. You have to watch yeah. what you say, but you don't. So a lot of people are yeah. like, you know, listen, what the fuck, folk, folk. Someone looked right. up your music, right? <laughs> they looked up your music because right. I tagged your Facebook page, and they went to your Facebook page, and they hit me on the inbox like, bro, what the hell? And I was like, what are you, what I, are you doing? What, what are you doing? Who is this? And I, I was like, <laughs> who, who I said, that woman? <laughs> I was like, listen, um, listen, go in. I said, read the article. Uh, I said the article is what gets yeah, your attention, yeah. and then I did, I, and then I discovered her music. First of all, let me say this to anybody that's listening: I don't care what genre of music you do, I really don't. When it comes down to you actually being successful as an independent artist, I respect anyone from any genre who, at some point in their time, lived off their music, who at some point in their time toured nationally and overseas and internationally. You know, people don't even understand how hard that is. If you think it's hard to become Jay Z or Beyonce. That's 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 winning the lottery type stuff, but it's hard to even get to that level as an independent artist where you're actually making thousands of dollars off your music, where you're actually getting constant revenue off your music. People don't understand that that in itself is an accomplishment as an independent artist, as an artist. Period. If you if you love to do mm-hmm. music, just getting to that point right there, I don't think many people realize the millions of people who the millions of artists who don't even get to that level. You know, and and, mm-hmm. and work their ass off and don't even get to that level. That level is hard to get to. And that level takes a lot of work. So, you know, the other scope that you see on TV and the glamour and glitz of it all, again, that's like winning the lottery, you know? So Yeah, I, that's I, like 1% of all music being made. Right. Ever. Ever. So it's, it's really <laughs> on the on the far end of, of um, what I would call success. It's, you know, making a living is its job. So I'm making a living, and that's as far as successful, being successful, that's what that means to me. But as far as the folk thing, um, you know, I'll address that real quick for, you know, for people who are like, what what is she doing on the show? Um, I grew up with rap. I mean, I was, I'm going to date myself. I'm 43, so I've been here, I've been here a minute. I was there when, you know, MTV came on air, you know, I was 10 years old. And um, I grew up in New Jersey, like I said, so... All the music that was coming out of um, the Bronx and the Queens, Tribe Called Quest, BDP, uh, DJ, I remember when DJ Scott LaRock was um, murdered. I was in high school, I think. I was just starting high school, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, poor Righteous Teachers are from Trenton, where I was born. Um, so I come from that um, tradition. Right. I just don't perform that tradition but that's you know folk music and rap and hip-hop are pretty much you know i say this in, in interviews all the time because uh, you know i'm also a black woman playing folk music which right. puts me in another you know way another here as far right. as you know folks and and the you know stuff i have to deal with just in the folk you know um genre and and venues and stuff um, I have to explain to people that folk music and, and hip-hop and rap are the same because we talk about what's going on Right, and and that's where, you know, my philosophy and the message and um, all that stuff. Poor righteous teachers, what they were talking about, um, and the history of just R and B too. Like Teddy Pendergrass and and Marvin Gaye, we come from a very long, rich line of people talking about social issues, and that's all folk is. 
Um, it just sounds different. And, uh, and that's the only, only difference. And, and I'm more comfortable. You know, I grew up in the church, too, and I don't sing like those women in the church. <laughs> I'm not right. trying to sing like those women <laughs> in the church. And folk music just allows me to play my guitar, um, write the songs that I want to write, sing how I want to sing, dress how I want to dress. Um, and let me be myself. That's the genre of music that I feel most comfortable in. I don't have to be anybody but myself. And um, and so it's it's definitely, you know, it's not a shtick and it's not something that I came up with. It's really just who I am. So anybody that's sort of hesitating because it's folk music, it's pretty much the same um, as far as I'm concerned. Um, so. uh, Shouts out to being yourself. Shouts out to wanting to wear maybe dresses and play uh guitar instead of wanting to you know have to dress like a thought uh I, and i know you and I, and I realize that you're a feminist i've just been looking at a couple of things on social media you know what i'm saying and so yeah. i don't want to i'm trying it's, yeah. it's, for me it's like what for me this interview i'm, I'm walking on eggshells in this interview because i'm so i can be so chauvinistic at time because i'm so I'm a, I'm a radio slash shock jock and so i say a lot of stuff just to piss people off sometimes so i'm, try, I'm trying to ta- yeah, I'm, tra- yeah, yeah. I'm taming it and toning it down <laughs> For the purposes of this interview. Just well, I appreciate that. Yes, I but am. I will tell you this, being a feminist is about, you know, um, for me, it's letting women have agency over whatever they want to do. I just had this conversation about Bessie Smith. I did a tribute song uh, for a Bessie Smith uh, tribute record, right? Uh-huh. And this... Uh, this uh, reviewer of the record was talking about how, you know, Bessie Smith used to go to sex parties and Bessie Smith used to do this and Bessie Smith was a heavy drinker and did drugs and, you know, um, and all this. And I was like, Bessie Smith also single-handedly, you know, saved Columbia Records, you know, which he didn't mention, of course. Right. But Bessie Smith's whatever she was doing was Bessie Smith and it informed her art and she is one of our preeminent progenitors of black music in this country so you know i might be feminist and i might be those things but it's for me it is really about letting people have complete agency and not what's called tone policing Mm -hmm. or what's called respectability politics which is you know pull up your pants and they'll treat you right right which we hear a lot um that is called respectability politics which i do not play (laughs) <laughs> and, as I recall, basically I don't, with yeah, anybody. I, yeah, so yeah, you can. Right. I, I don't recall Eric Garner's pants sagging anyway, but we'll get into that. So uh, <laughs> we'll talk about all that. So listen, uh, I'm gonna read a couple of excerpts from your from your blog. I'm not gonna read you know detailed into it, but this is a, this is, this mm-hmm. is I, I met you and I initially contacted you because I was just very impressed with the um, article that you wrote. I know you're a singer and we're going to play some of your music mm-hmm. and we're going to get to that. But I, again, mm-hmm. I met you because I read an article that you wrote for Performer Magazine and I was just impressed mm-hmm. by it. And I reached out to you on social media and you responded and here we are. So uh, mm-hmm. the name of the article was Taylor Swift, Spotify and the musical Food Chain Myth. And, and in the article, you basically... At first, I thought I read an article like maybe not even two weeks before I read yours uh, on the side of bolstering Spotify's Spotify's. I don't know which one. I can never get it right. Spotify. I say Spotify today. Mm-hmm. I, I changed it. Uh, today, I say Spotify. They had that, that bolstered Spotify's point of view from the whole Taylor Swift controversy. Right. And then kind of kind of I won't lie. Kind of had me like, uh, OK, I can understand. They are trying to, you know, they, they are showing love and blah, 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 blah. And then I read your article and I felt like a, a fucking idiot. Right. I read your article. I read your article and uh I felt like a complete uh a complete idiot. Hold on a second, my bad, let me turn that back down. 
someone was fooling with my settings. I read the article and I felt like a, a complete idiot. And I was like, you know what? Nah, 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 nah. Fuck Spotify. You know what I'm saying? I changed my mind. I changed my mind. I went back to the other team. You know what I'm saying? I, went, I changed sides. So let me tell you what happened. So let me let me, let me read a couple of, uh, of excerpts from your article. And okay. in, it, in it, you break down uh, very skillfully what it's like. You walk, you walk people through your life as an independent artist from a financial standpoint, which is what a lot of people don't do. They just talk about the creative side. You know what I'm saying? I'm so nice and everything, and they bitch and moan about everybody who's not nicer than them and why they should be nice and why you should. But no one ever breaks down the numbers about how much it costs right. to live, how much it costs to tour. Uh, I was really blown away by the realism about the fact that one night you told me you had to take the L and you had to pay out fifteen hundred dollars because twelve people showed up to your show. Mm-hmm. No one, no one in mm-hmm. rap, no one in rap is going to actually say that out loud. Rappers are gonna, rappers, right. are gonna, rappers <laughs> are gonna Instagram the twelve people that came with them over there getting turned up in the club and say this bitch pat. You know what I'm saying? Right. That's what rappers are gonna do. And I deal with rappers. And rappers get on my fucking nerves when they right. do that. But let me tell you, it, it was refreshing to read your article, right? And so you you, you broke you. down a lot of different things, and I hope people that are listening will go back go back and read the article, okay? Uh, but this mm-hmm. is this is one thing you say, yo. This is my reality, and the reality of the many artists that you care about. And at this point, you're talking about the financial woes of having to uh, maintain rent and and pay out gigs and not being able to tour because it doesn't pay anymore. You're not making any money off music licensing, and you say I'm sorry, right. and you say I'm sorry if you think so, uh, but music isn't free. It costs money to make. And it costs money to support via touring. It's a life cycle. Mm-hmm. And this life cycle is how you used to get your CDs out and how I used to see your fans uh, two to three times a year in some places, right? And mm-hmm. all the money went all the money went to bills, all the money went to touring, right? Mm-hmm. And so here's where Taylor Swift mm-hmm. fits here's where Taylor Swift fits into your argument. Uh, it says you I'm seeing a lot of chatter about Taylor Swift and a supposed greed. And if you're saying it, mm-hmm. you're probably saying it because Taylor Swift is already incredibly wealthy. But what about artists who aren't? If you or your friends are indeed one of those people, I challenge you and them to go to work for a year, bust your butt, do a good job, you know, maybe even a great job, and then accept half a year's pay or less from your boss. I further challenge you to pay your bills and keep your other financial commitments from that same pay, all while keeping your enthusiasm for your job, which is kind of essential for you to do your job. Right? Go ahead. Yeah. I'll wait. That one that 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 one paragraph right there, and I pretty much read it word for word, is so powerful. Mm-hmm. I think this is this is the, the reality of it is now in 2014, in my opinion, is this article doesn't just apply to indies, it applies to majors now at this point. Because of how bad yeah, things are going at the major labels, right? So I think right. you can mm-hmm. literally take this article and lay it on top of some rappers that you see on TV. And at the Grammys because mm-hmm. they are indeed mm-hmm. not making any money or not getting paid either because they have fans, quote unquote, quote unquote. I call you, you're not really a fan if you don't support the artist and buy the music. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So I, I kind of question people's call themselves fans at this point. Anybody, mm-hmm. you know, but um, at this point in the game, I think this article implies to so many people that you actually see on TV, whereas in general, mm-hmm. it, sta- it, it states that. It's hard out here for it's hard out here for artists all the way around mm-hmm. indie folk yeah. whatever outside of maybe country mm-hmm. those guys are just caking over there in country I don't know what they got going on well they're kind, they're, they're <laughs> taking over in a lot of for a lot of reasons but one you know their recession music you know what I mean it's right. it, that man a poor man's down 
music and they're speaking to everybody right now. I mean, we've been in this recession for, I don't know what, going on six years now. Right. Um, so, you know, that's one of the reasons that country music is, is doing so well because it's uh, working class music. Uh, so at one point it was just hip hop and just country. One of the major independent distributors in the country dropped everybody, every genre, Right. Except for country and hip hop, because they were the only two making music. Right, 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 right. And, and, yeah, and, and and I know someone's listening and saying, "Well, hip hop is is about life and it's about the struggle too." And you guys are right. You know what I'm saying? But it's too much mm-hmm. other BS that's mixed in with it. That's the problem. The the, the life yeah. music is getting flooded and drowned out by the powers that be, not by the artists. The artists, there are plenty of artists. This is my platform. This K One's Radio is a platform that's built to serve you up some of the stuff that you don't get a chance to hear. Hopefully, you tune in. But we understand that what she said to be true about hip hop hip hop is music for the for the streets it's just too much uh mm-hmm. bottle popping and, and ferraris pulling up uh turning up on a tuesday that's kind of flooding out you know uh how the fuck am i gonna pay my bills this week music you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and, and i don't think yeah it's right. not, i don't know where along the line it happened but there just was this started to be a disconnect from it being about who we are to about something we wanted to be yeah um and then that wasn't real I and mean, we've heard artists you know going bankrupt and um, you know, the TLC, biggest example mm-hmm. of, of folks going bankrupt because they signed the wrong contract and weren't getting paid and couldn't pay rent and couldn't, you know, all the clothes were borrowed, all of the, you know, the cars are borrowed, the houses are borrowed, um, and none of it was actually owned. And, you know, there's another band, um, Hootie and the Blowfish, which I feel like people would know listening to this. Yeah, they, they would. Um, Darius Rucker, he, his drummer um, couldn't pay his rent at the height of their um, <laughs> fame because he wasn't on the publishing. Jeez. You know, he was just getting paid to, to play drums. Right, the gig, the gig. Um, and wasn't on the publishing, so he wasn't making any money. So there's a huge disconnect from what people see um, with artists, and they see all the flash, and then there's not, that's not really what's going on because it's just an image. It's just something to sell records. It's selling, you know, this uh, dream life. Um, which I get, you know, I get to a certain extent, um, you know, I certainly, you know, listening to Madonna and Prince and Michael Jackson and all that and fantasizing about, you know, you know, having pearls and diamonds and all that kind of stuff, but it wasn't something that spoke to me as a person. I wasn't going out and saying, that's how I want to live. It was just a fantasy. Some people take that, you know, seriously and they don't understand that these artists, a lot of them are living in poverty. Um, and, and not, you know, of course not, you know, abject poverty, but, you know, not living certainly anywhere near, um, the lifestyle that they're projecting on screen. Right. Exactly. Now you've got, uh, there's another part that I want to slide down a little bit and please, uh, if you don't know, if you haven't read this article and you're listening to this, I'm like, that's why I continually promoted the link to the article with this. It was not, it was deliberate people. I wanted you to read the article first so you can read the article in context to this conversation. So, um, uh, <clears throat> Uh, you go you, you go on and you talk a little bit more and I don't want to tell everybody because I want people to read something you know for a change uh, and you say uh, in, you know you bold it out I've got a job thank you very much and the point is you go on to say the point is we haven't just given up it's not that we don't want to do it anymore it is painfully honest and simple math that mostly prevents me and others like me from doing what we do when you're talking about why some artists aren't putting out music why some artists aren't touring why you aren't touring and you go on to say 
And before we get flooded with any snarky retorts like get a job or, you know, whatever, I'll say this. First, I have a job, one that I'm fairly good at and one that I've had for 22 years, over half your life. And second, what if Bob Marley or Bob Dylan, Kurt Cobain or Joni Mitchell or Mozart, Frank Zappa, Joanne Jett, Diana Ross, Prince or Aretha Franklin had actually listened to someone undoubtedly and repeatedly when they said to them, get a job. And for you people who don't know who any of those people are, just go ahead and say, what if, just, just add Tupac or Biggie or whoever else you grew up on that was uh, Ice Cube or NWA, anybody that's listening to this, Mary J. Blige, uh, C, R. Kelly, anybody that you can associate with, put them in context with that statement. What would your life look like, mm-hmm. right? What happens to the first dance yeah. at your wedding to that special song, the one that made you realize you loved her? Or the song you hum to your baby because it's the only one that makes him less fussy. What would you be distracted by in an elevator ride with your creepy coworker? <laughs> and how, pray tell, would you know when Jaws or Jason or Darth Vader is coming so you can yell your futile warnings at the screen? Right? Okay, granted, the last two examples sound frivolous, but they're serious considerations to make when you consider how music plays an integral and inseparable role in your life. From the fundamental to the moment to the momentous, that's something to protect. That's something to respect. And I'll go on and add my little last line. That's something that you pay for. It's not free, <laughs> yes. ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Uh, great article. Yes. Really love yeah. it. Yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. And and it and it was you know it was it was really an off the cuff thing because I had been just like you reading this uh, you know all these responses to Taylor Swift basically pulling serious move I mean that's a serious move that she made and I was impressed by it but you know I always dig first before I you know speak on things or before I comment on things so I did a little digging and started looking around and started hearing this and I was like okay people are sort of getting it and I'm glad that someone this big has said it um, because you know people like me you know that that's the one uh, well not the one but it's one of many um sort of the the fallback of of not having that big a voice you know you just don't get listened to mm-hmm. you know people think you're complaining to people think oh you should get a job people think oh you should just you know do something else maybe music isn't for you maybe you're not good enough <laughs> and those are usually the responses that you get right. when somebody as big as taylor swift does something like this um it was really important for me to i was basically speaking to my fan base i really had no intention of this going beyond my fan base because you know, I can. I've, I've been talking to them about this stuff for years, and I've been talking to them about you know what's going on with me, my music career, and that's one of the great things about my. That's a good thing about my career that I have that connection with them, that I have that open dialogue. So this this piece was originally just a Facebook update um, that I was like, I'm so glad this is happening because now it's time for me to remind you guys of what I've been trying to explain to you but explain in a way that sort of is um from an independent you know purely independent view and yes it is you know revealing things like only 12 people have come to my shows and um i didn't have money for this that's hard you know that's that's not you definitely don't want to walk around people thinking that you're broke but it's also just as frustrating for people to think that you have money when you don't because there's an expectation of what you're supposed to be doing and who you're supposed to be um, that you can't keep up 
and that is not emotionally, that's not a good emotional place to be in. So, uh, and that's what I'm saying, folk music for me allows me that um, that leeway. I get to be authentic in all things at all times. And so I don't have to pretend with my fan base. Yes. Um, but I think people just don't um, understand. There were some people who, mis- who m- you know, misinterpreted my, my piece and retweeted it um, with, you know, fans suck and they should stop screwing over artists. And I was like, that's not really the tone of the piece. It's just that people don't know. You know, I don't, if I walked into, you know, an operation room tomorrow, <laughs> you know, trying to give somebody open heart surgery, there's not much I can do there because I just don't know. And it's kind of the same thing. We can't expect fans to understand how the business of music works because they're just seeing the end product. They're just seeing what winds up on their Facebook feed, which what winds up in ads around their Yahoo and Gmail accounts. They're just being fed these things and not understanding how much of that they are actually generating, which is also one of the biggest points I wanted to make and to empower fans and say, you are actually at the top of this food chain. You are not just sort of this passive, um, receptacle for anything that pop music culture gods decide to throw down for you to consume right. um, that you have a tremendous amount of control over um, not only what you consume and how you consume it but you have a lot of control because the demand your demand dictates um, all of these trends it's it's not really the other way around and I know it exactly. seems that way and a lot of exactly. people would disagree with me no no no, um, no. Uh, listen, listen on that if me... you can just see how Facebook ads are aggregated by you clicking on something right um, and the ad will come up you are you are aggregating and you are the arbiter of all that is sitting in front of you so no. I wanted to tell people that too d- d- listen now as far as it pertains to maybe people that are listening that that never listen to K One Hundred Radio ever until now that you're on it and some of your fans and hopefully some that's some of the people that's listening, but that's that's a that's a ongoing mission part of our mission statement here at K One Hundred Radio because I this this internet radio itself and it's more specifically this radio station was created as an alternative and it just kills me. Mm-hmm. I, you don't realize what you just said. How many people are oblivious to what you just said? Because mm-hmm. I will, I will, I will literally sit. I, I don't, I, I'm the programming director here. Everybody who knows me knows that. And I'll sit in a room mm-hmm. full of people and literally look at them in disbelief as they complain about what's on the radio. And I'm sitting there looking at them <laughs> like, so you're gonna you're gonna complain to me about what's on the fucking radio? You do know I own mm-hmm. K. You do know I own K One Radio, and you can listen to my radio station, and none of the stuff that you're complaining about, and none of the music that you're complaining about, and none of the the, the lack of variety, and none of the repetitive programming, mm-hmm. and none of, none of that goes on at the platform that I built specifically to combat that. But yeah, you're gonna sit and complain. Mm-hmm. So obviously, you're still listening to that same radio when you have an alternative right here in front of you, but you don't do it. You choose not to, right? Whether you can or can't or right. whatever, you choose not to. That's so important to what, what the, the whole grand scheme of everything. Everything that people can say is wrong with hip hop. Everything that people can say is wrong with the industry in general, with the media, with radio, with everything. People have the power. No, people don't understand that it's hard to have a conversation with somebody and try to break down that radio works by ads and ads work by listeners. 
and whatever the listeners request is what they play so they can keep the people listening so the advertisers can justify paying them for ads because they got a lot of people listening. You know what I'm saying? And, and, it, and that cycle exactly. is simple. It's simple. <laughs> it's so simple in its, in its grand scheme. But when you try to pitch that to someone and say, well, the DJs are killing hip hop or the rappers need to stop. I'm like, wait a minute. No, no song can be popular on radio without people liking it, without people listening to it. No song can be popular in the club without people flooding the dance floor when it come on. So you can't sit here and right. arbitrarily blame rappers and artists for the image right. that hip hop portrays when if if they go out and play if, if Nelly slides a, a visa through a, a chick's ass if on that video and no one watches it, mm-hmm. th- it gets no play. But when a million people click on yeah. that and, and reshare it, that's why it's popular. You know what I'm saying? So it's right. it's, it's really, and then really, just really gets hard. Perpetuated yeah. because they're just going to the thing about, you know, the the music industry and just marketing in general, like I mean, I'm talking about just about anything here. The thing about marketing is that you do what works. You find a common denominator and you repeat that. That's how things get sold. That's business. That part of it I understand. When I was getting signed in 1999, I actually had started the whole process of getting signed. And, you know, I get all of that. I get that it is, it is a business. It is a, it's a business that's skewed towards the people, you know, to the record labels, not necessarily the artists. But it's, you know, it is definitely a business model. It has a, a very clear objective and, and so on and so forth. But people don't understand that this it becomes an echo chamber, which means you're just sitting in a room and whatever keeps bouncing back and whatever's coming back at the highest frequency, that is what is going to keep getting churned out. And then it's also like a copy of the copy where things just start getting more and more and more and more degenerated. So you go from somebody like, you know, KRS-One and DJ Scott LaRock and, and, you know, um, Q-Tip, Tribe Called Quest and all those folks, and you wind up with something completely different and bastardized, you know, way on the other end of that. Um, because they hear, you know, um, you know, I'll say, I'll use KRS-One as an example. He's talking about the streets. Now, he's talking about the streets, but then you talk about somebody shooting up this person and shooting up that person and the cops this and I'm selling my this and selling drugs and all that. And it gets turned into something completely different, although it is still about the streets. It turns into something completely different. Exactly. And so the record companies see that. They see, oh, if we just narrow that down to this segment, to this message, to this, we can sell XYZ. If we try to make that too broad, if we try to make it too conscious, it, you know, that's only a segment of people that's going to listen to that. But and they look at that, and they listen to that, and that's what winds up happening. So you are controlling it. Um, to a certain extent, but then what's happening is that it gets aggregated by uh, the labels, and people just need to sort of step back, take a step back, um, and understand their consumption and understand what they're consuming. And, you know, there's a lot of people that just don't care. You know, exactly. there's a lot of people that are just going to keep listening to whatever they want to listen to and looking at the videos, and, and that's who's going to get sold to. So it's up to the people who don't want to see that, who don't want... Um, who want a higher level of of artistry coming out of the genres that they listen to to make that clear by not listening, by being vocal when something is offensive or I shouldn't say offensive because art is, you know. Right, relative, yeah. That's all relative. I, I mean, I, I, you know, I offensive think... is not really the right word, but... Um, I want to say one but, thing. But, you know, they find 
uh, objectionable. Right, right. Let me let me say this. They should make it clear. Let me and say see this. Who's listening and see if it changes. Let me say this. Let me say this in response to something you just said before I lose my point. I don't want to lose it. Okay. So uh-huh. you said I I think you said you at the I think the labels at their own peril took that route. What you just said when they when they said well we're gonna we're gonna make this kind of music because it's quote unquote aka popular but i think they didn't realize or maybe they, maybe they knew so this this is why sometimes I'm, I'm a bit of conspiracy theorist and this is why sometimes i really do believe that there was a literal sabotage in the genre of hip-hop for a lot of reasons because of, of numerous reasons that it made too many uh young black males rich or young black women rich or whatever not even rich but made them get them to a point where they had too much social power and and, and and was able to reach too many people before social media before it even existed right so i say that to say this i think the labels at their own peril in in, in the genre of hip-hop and even a little bit in r&b did what you just said and said well yeah we're gonna make this kind of we're gonna make this particular kind of music and we're gonna target these people who like this not really sitting back and thinking exactly who are you targeting are you when you make ignorant music per se music that doesn't really have a real message and everything is just kind of based on just sheer ignorance and just love of a beat and a hook and a simple hook those aren't generally in general now not now i'm not trying to point anybody out but in general that same person who only listens to music for that for that thin layer of it are also the same group of people who feel like i'm not paying for that you know they're they're at their own peril they didn't target the actual people who listen to the words and get pulled into the emotion of a song those are the people who tend to buy the record and the only way you get invoked with emotion from a song i've learned as an artist and for most of my career i've noticed is the words the production will will make you dance the beat will make you dance and bob your head but it's the words that connect with the emotion in a person and makes them click on that paypal button you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. and i think at, and, at, the, at their own and i want to say something yeah. You know, before I lose my point for right. something you just said, how hip hop was being orchestrated and and sort of worked against in, in the industry because it was, um, you know, folks were getting rich from it and, and getting too too much success. There's a quote by Audrey Lord, who was a um, poet and a writer, and she says, "The master's tools will never dismantle the master's house," and uh, it's a really important. Uh, it's one of the themes that when I was deliberating about getting signed, I kept that quote very near me. And what I kept seeing is that I had to change. I had to do all the changing. I had to dress a certain way if I wanted to get signed. I had to be in the closet if I wanted to get signed. I had to be a little more R&B if I wanted to get signed. I had to do a whole bunch of stuff. But, but you know, I kept trying to explain to these people that, you know, you like my music because it's honest. Not because I'm the most brilliant songwriter, the most brilliant guitar player in the world. It's because it's honest. And if you keep changing all these little things, the honesty goes away the music change you don't like it anymore and what I felt was you know the master's tools will never dismantle the master's houses that I would just become a tool for them and not ever be able to dismantle this paradigm this um, you know the the industry itself and the only way that I could do that was from the outside Um, the only way that I could you know remain a songwriter have over 200 songs I don't know that I would have over 200 songs if I had gotten signed, you know, right. um, in 1999, 15 years ago. I don't know if I would have kept writing. I don't know, you know, I can't possibly know. 
Um, but what I do know is that there's no way that I would have been able to speak any truth, whether it's about the black community or anything, because I speak on that too on my music. Um, I wouldn't be able to speak on the things that meant something to me in that forum. So I think it's really important for you know people to to understand that as well as how they're being used um, to perpetuate these things. Mm-hmm. Basically, and I'm gonna, and I'm yeah. gonna, I'm gonna end on this last note. And we're gonna change gears real quick, and I'm gonna play uh, some of your music. But before I go, I'm gonna read this one last part of the article uh, over the air, and hopefully this will spur people to go over there and click that link that I shared numerous times. Uh, how can consumers reverse the course? Right, this is where everybody's just, just listening live, or is gonna be listening to the podcast or the replay or whatever. Right, as a consumer and a fan, you are at the top of this food chain, not the bottom. You are the subject of the whims of popular culture. You are the arbiter of it. If you want to see less fluff in the music industry, if you want to see your artists remain authentic, creative, and prolific beings, and if you want them to come back to your hometowns, one, start buying our music again. Digital, hard copy, doesn't matter. Just pay for it. If you can pay $4 for a coffee, you can pay $9.99 for something meaningful that you'll enjoy forever. How <laughs> the hell is Starbucks winning, but music isn't? Number two, stop using streaming services that only pay us point zero 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 six per listen if you don't already <laughs> own our music either via a legal download or a hard copy right uh three and this is important set your dvrs on your favorite show nights and go to our concerts for the love of god you have told some woman to literally miss an episode of scandal <laughs> Are you out of your freaking mind? I don't book my shows Are on you Thursday. out of your freaking mind? <laughs> yeah. Are you out I'm of your mind? That. I'm not booking the show on Thursday. I know better now. But the truth is, like, yeah, folks will be like, oh, I'm sorry I missed you last night. It was the finals of, you know, American Idol. I'm like, no. Yeah, cause, that has got to stop. Yeah. You know, it's just got to stop. That is ridiculous because then, you know, what they're saying is, is that. People, you know, the American Idol folks and, and whatever channel that's on Fox, I think, they know how many people are tuning in and what they're not doing instead. Exactly. Um, so they're never going to support what they're not supporting. You know, they're never going to put their money towards anything that's going to divert the attention away from those million plus folks that are tuning in. I won't lie. I won't lie. As a fan of a show called Sons of Anarchy, it'll be hard pressed for you to get me to come out and do anything <laughs> about 10 o'clock tonight. I'm telling you right now, if, if, it's not, if it's not paying me about 10 o'clock tonight, there's no way you can leave me, get me to leave my house in between 10 and 12 tonight. Uh, unless you're paying me some money and it's got to be a nice little bit. That is hilarious. <laughs> okay. You know, and I'll be honest too, I have my shows like that. Like, you know, right. season finale, Breaking Bad, yeah. I don't know. There's not you much, know, you know, come on, man. I mean, come not on. much I'm leaving the house right. for uh, either. But I, I personally know better um, than to book my shows on, on right. you know, I'm going to show tomorrow night, Wednesday, like. It's, you know, midwinter break. Nothing's on. Yeah, everybody, let's go. <laughs> and I'm going to give you a chance to tell. I'm Wednesday gonna, night. I'm, I'm going to give you a chance to tell people about that. I'm going to play one of your songs right now, and the name of this song is called. Okay. The name of this song is called Perfect. And then we're going to come back before mm-hmm. we end it up, and we're going to we're going to talk about a little social, a little social commentary, a little talk. Yeah. Something I got to ask you. Something I'm going to ask you on the air live. Okay. A lot of a lot, of right. people, a lot of people are going to be a look are going to look at me like really blizzard, but it, you know my social my <laughs> Facebook social media fans because I'm so vocal about a lot of things, but I'm going to ask you about it and I feel like I want to get your answer. Okay. But this song okay. is called Perfect, and uh, tell me about this record. Is this you playing the guitar live on the song? Yeah, this is me. I play guitar on 
everything. Right. Um, I've been playing for 20 years, so yes, it's me playing, it's me singing, it's me background. Um, I don't play, you know, drums or uh, bass or anything like that. And the, and the drummer on this is um, Tom Knight, who used to actually be TLC's drummer, and uh, Deborah Killings, who um, was also, she's played with everybody, Outcast, everybody. Right. Um, as well, I'm trying to think who else. And then, yeah, it's just me and background vocals, so. Okay, all right. So this song is, this is Dory Robert, this is one of the songs. And again, in the genre, uh, folk genre, but you know, she's still, uh, is, is, was India Ire folk? Was that her genre? India Ire was something, they, they created a, a genre for her called Neo Soul. Um, because it was the same thing, you know, India and I both come, came out of Atlanta. Actually, me, India, and John Mayer were predicted as the, the next three artists to come out of Atlanta around that time, 1999. Right. And, um, it was the same for India, you know, it was, you know, well, you have this guitar and you're a black woman, like, you can be the next Tracy Chapman. Right. And that's all it ever is, is like, you can be the next Tracy Chapman. <laughs> and, um, you know, for them, she was part of the Earthseed uh, um, collective here. Right. And they sort of created this neo-soul um, thing, and she was one of, you know, one of the progenitors of, of that. Um, right. So it's it, it kind of got black folks pass the guitar which you know irritates me I'm like if Vanilla Ice can be a rapper <laughs> I certainly can play guitar right you know right, what I mean right, right. I mean you I know what I'm saying the like, racial, that's, the racial that's also you know yeah. I want to talk to black folks about that yeah. you know if, if, if they can let Vanilla Ice if we can let Vanilla Ice through as a rapper y'all certainly can support some, some black women playing guitar I mean Seriously. come on now I mean, and, and um, I, I can't even. So I can't even, yes, I can't, I, I can't even begin to, to begin to uh, fathom the amount of resistance and racism you've met at some of the venues in that genre. Uh, I can't even. Yeah, that's a whole other yeah, interview. I know it is. I don't have enough time. I only got a couple minutes left. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. Here's yeah. right. Here's here's this song is called Perfect. This is Doria Roberts. Three four seven nine three four zero nine six six. If you guys are listening, I really would like for you guys to call in and um. Of course, when you call in, press the number one. And I'd like to get you guys feedback off the music. And also, just give me a couple of words about what you think about the article if you read it. And this interview right here. I wanna, uh, I'll take a couple calls when I come back before we jump into what I really want to talk about. And then i got to hurry up because Vic XL is coming up at 5 o'clock with the Ride and Dirty Radio Mix. And this conversation was so great. It just went on and on. And it's fucking 4.45. Crap. <laughs> totally blew that time management thing bad this time <laughs> Doria Roberts perfect you're not rocking with the best of them this is K100 Radio direct line artist interview turn up ow you are now tuned to K100 Radio hip hop and R&B
K100 Radio, Hip-Hop and R&B. So I'm just going to take that and slide it over here into the play bin. (laughs) Real slick like. Like I ain't even really know. I've been up on that. Y'all sleeping. Y'all late. I've been had that. Y'all late. All (laughs) y'all. Uh, <laughs> com. Follow Dorian Roberts on Twitter Dorian Roberts on Twitter At D-O-R-I-A-R-O-B-E-R-T-S Doria Roberts At Doria Roberts That's her IG Hopefully she follows you back And uh, yes And on Twitter The same thing At Doria Roberts Again click that excellent link Make sure if you really like the song And like the music You support it 347-934-0966 that's the number down to the show. And I got a couple people on the phone lines. So I want I want to take a couple calls, Doria, and see what people think about the interview okay. and the music before we actually jump jump to a next another subject for these last hot little 10 minutes I got. I so screwed up okay. time, man. <laughs> the, the conversation, you, you're having fun, right? The conversation was so good. You know, time flies. Yeah. yeah. What are, you, what are, what are yep. we going to do? What are we going to do? All right. Uh, let's see here. 
Uh, 404 933. Welcome to K1's Radio. Who's this? Hey, what up, boy? The Jack Moon, man. Oh, Jackie Moon, what's going on? What's popping with you? Ain't nothing, ain't nothing, bro. I'm so, I'm so glad I called in, man, because I actually almost forgot. Right, right, and right. Then exactly. I peeked your Facebook page, and like, oh, yeah, it is at uh, 4 o'clock. Right, and right. So, so um, uh, I, I really like the music, man. You, you, you already know I'm going to like it, but. <laughs> yes, I Thank do. you. It's really dope. It is really dope. Well, thank you for calling in. Oh. Thank you for listening. Did you thank did you, you? Did you catch any of the interview? By the way, or are you just yeah? That's, song? Actually, that's what I was. I was highly impressed by that as well, man. Because it was the little pieces I caught. I caught about maybe ten minutes of it, right? But the, the information um, that the artist was giving, and I'm sorry, um, this lady, I don't know your name, Doria Roberts. Okay, yeah, the information that Doria was given um, was so potent. As far as you know, the whole culture of our music and the positive music that we try to put out, and how the consumer, like you were saying, how the consumer um, is going to have to change in order for us to pretty much survive. Yes, um, and you know that's that's social commentary. That I feel is highly needed. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, thank you, homie, for calling in the K One Radio. I really appreciate it, man. If you like that music, please at least go check it out. I don't know, Dory. Let me ask you this real quick. Yeah, I already for, know. For, for anyone else that's listening, if they if they if they want it because you like okay, you middle finger in Spotify, <laughs> like get those guys. Where do you do you what do you, what 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 format if they want to check out your music before they decide to click that pay button? Do you like? Do you suggest that they find you on Reverb Nation? What what, what format? What, where, where, if they want to go, just listen well, to it and make a decision. Well, let me let me say this real quick. Okay. Streaming and and on Spotify and Google Play and all that is not what I'm saying mutually exclusive from buying music. You can stream, but you should also buy. Right. So that is one of the other things that sort of got misconstrued. And I said, you know, don't stream our music unless you already own it. Right. So doing both is important. Um, iTunes, of course, is going to be um, the best because uh, you know I get most the most money from from iTunes as far as like my distributor um, that the pass through is is maybe you know it's like a fifteen cents difference, twenty cents difference. Right. So that's the biggest one. Um, and as far as anyone else, you know, Google Play pays the most for streaming. Um, Spotify plays, pays close to the least um, right. amount. So as far as streaming goes, Google Play is going to be the best place too. But iTunes, as far as downloading, is definitely by far for most artists, especially since I own my publishing. Nobody owns anything that I've written ever. So I get everything once it goes through You know, any administrative costs. Um, for my my main distributors, uh, so that's always going to be the best um, place. Now to listen, you know, Reverb Nation is fine, and again, streaming is not um, the problem. It's streaming only that is the problem. Um, so as long as you do both, you know, you can discover artists on Spotify, and that's that's great for that. But it, it should not be, you know. I said to this guy, I'm like, you know, what if all of a sudden Starbucks was like, you can have as much coffee as you want. You know, for two dollars a month, right. there would be no more Starbucks. <laughs> right? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like it's right. that clear. It's you crazy. Know? It's um, crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy that people literally put, um, will, will literally put more, um, I guess, 
more into coffee than they would music and <laughs> and, and, and like I drink coffee. Uh-huh. I love coffee. I drink yes. coffee every love day. Coffee. But I Great. know for a fact that coffee is not as important in my life as music in any way, shape, or form. Because I watch movies. I love movies. I'm a, I like certain TV shows. And, of course, well, look what the hell I do. Obviously, I love music. You know what I'm saying? So, I mean, there's no way yeah. for me to if – if I can pay – for my, I don't do Starbucks because they just ridiculous. But I do do Dunkin' Donuts, which is not too cheap. You know what I'm saying? And um, yeah, so though, and they taste great though. Seriously, but um, but yeah, I I pay for coffee, and so if I the whole when you when you said Starbucks and you put it into that context, it's like seriously, bro. People can pay for coffee, but not music. Something that they're gonna hear a thousand, thousand again and again. I'm gonna take one more call. We got some more people on the phone line real quick though, because I want to make sure okay. the people that's calling, mm-hmm. you know, want to show you some love. I want to make sure you hear it. Yes. 857-857-615, you're on the air. What's popping? Who's this? What's going on, man? What's going on? Who, oh, this is DJ Obens, one of our DJs here at K100 Radio. He's calling in from you're, Boston. You already know, man. What's going on? Absolutely, man. So what do you think about Dorian's song, homie, DJ Obens? These are songs are nice song, homie, bro. For real, man. I'm going live, I'm, I'm going live um, this Saturday, so Darth, I'm going to do me a favor. So email me that song on. Uh, email that song, so I go jump on the radio on Saturday. I, I, I really like that song. It's a nice song. I, I like the smooth. I like your voice in uh, the song. The beat is pretty nice. So I'm going to need you to like, email me that song Saturday. Go on the radio Saturday. It's really quite Eastern time. I'll be on the radio. You could tune in, you know what I'm saying? But, but I like that um, interview. It seems like um, you've been grinding for a long time. Oh, yeah. I've been here for a minute. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's pretty good. I like that. I like that. Yeah, we're well, on twenty years now. It's pretty good. It's pretty good. Keep it up. Keep it up. Thank I, you. I, 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 I like it. So I'm gonna need you like. So I'm, I'm gonna need you to like email us email me that song on Saturday because I'm I'm going live on Saturday on Kendra Radio. So make sure you email me that song. I make sure I jump in the mix by on Saturday. All right. Absolutely. Okay. We'll do. Absolutely, and, yeah, and cool, cool. she'll see it, and I'll send it to you also, DJ Obens, to make sure you get it. You know, what I'm saying, cool, 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 cool. You guys, cool, absolutely, homie. absolutely, make sure you check out DJ Obens. He goes live on K One Radio with a live mix show every Saturday at three o'clock, and homie does great. He know, he mostly, but he's of course you can hear it in his voice. He's from the islands. And he goes mostly mm-hmm. does a, he does a lot of uh you know reggae soca whatever but he also does hip hop and in the R and B stuff in his mixes he has one of a very variety of a variety of, of music that he plays sometimes he has guests and guest DJs and it's crazy but DJ opens I salute him he works really hard he, he represents the brand really well and he goes in uh, big up to DJ Obens uh, representing Beantown in the building shouts out to Beantown uh, so <laughs> salute to him for calling in all right uh, I gotta and I wanna. I want to um, I, I I don't know if I have any callers. Well, I, I'm I'm gonna go ahead and just move on because I gotta I gotta. It's like okay. three minutes left, Doria, and we didn't talk about anything, yeah. anything else. <laughs> I said that we were gonna talk about. You know what I'm saying? We were gonna That's get right. we were gonna we were gonna do, we were gonna get our social activism on on this thing. We had it all mapped mm-hmm. out. We was gonna tell y'all about y'all. I'll figure it out. And uh, <laughs> didn't quite work like that. Uh, sorry, I apologize to my people because I did say we were gonna talk about more than an interview, but at the same time, it was just. A lot of information that needed to be said, and a lot of stuff that needed to be said, and I wanted to make sure she had a chance to say it. Uh, but of course, make sure you hit her up. Uh, tell her, tell them about the show that you got coming up tomorrow. But I want to make sure you get that in there too. Um, I have a live show in Atlanta at a place called Eddie's Attic in downtown Decatur. 
But for those of you who are not in Atlanta or can't make it to the show, um, I've also been broadcasting my shows online on a platform called stageit.com, stage as in stage it, it.com. Um, and you just search my name and you can actually watch uh, 30 minutes of the show um, plus a 15-minute encore. Uh, logging on line, and this is sort of one of the things that I've been doing to offset um, not being able to tour. Um, so my fans in Europe and Taiwan and, uh, you know, in Portland, Oregon, and places that I haven't been able to get to still get to see me perform. I still get paid for the show, um, and I don't have to leave my living room. Um, so that's been uh, a really great resource, and if you are in that same position, you should check out stageit.com as an alternative way to get to your fan base or to just, like, start performing if you can't get shows and venues. It's a great way to get some practice and build up your your uh, fan base. So you can see the show um, at 8.45 online, but it's at uh, Doors are at 6.30, shows at 8 o'clock at Eddie's Attic Live with my band, The Black Eyed Susans. Um, and that's, uh, tickets are at eddiesattic.com, uh, for that. Absolutely. So, uh, I definitely, uh, we, I've got to do my music review segment tomorrow. So hopefully after it's done, I can still come by and catch you and, uh, actually meet you. I, this is, it's funny when we sit and we had these conversations with people and we never met them before, but it's the, it's the beauty of internet and radio. You know what I'm saying? We have people on all the time that I've, I've only, I don't even really know most of the people who I interview, honestly, like personally, like maybe before ever, but I always have great interviews. It always goes down. And we had a lot of fun with you today. Before we go though, we've got like a couple of minutes. I can, I can hold off, uh, Vic XL for a hot okay. minute. Uh, I wanted to touch about. I wanted to reach out about uh, to talk to you about everything that's going on uh, with this uh, police brutality and get your points of view on it. Uh, when it comes to, I, I see that you we in general on when it comes to that we have a lot of the same views. I, I looked at your social media pages, mm, yeah. and uh, obviously we, we we have a lot of uh, similar trains of thought to that. But mm-hmm. give me your point of view, and give me what do you think should be done. To combat this problem uh, in America with um, people of color, men of color especially, being targeted and being unfairly treated uh, when it comes down to law enforcement and injustice in this country. And the Eric Garner uh, decision to not indict a cop who obviously murdered a guy on camera. Mm-hmm. Well, I personally think exactly what's going on right now needs to happen. This is getting... Um, people's attention when establishments whether it's you know government whether it's a business when they see that their status quo is being threatened they start listening other than that it's just business as usual so i really i support um the protesting um we black folks being we come also from a very long line of of this type of social movement um and some of it's not pretty and um, and that's just how it's always looked. I mean, a lot of people were quoting MLK, you know, the day after the, the Ferguson non-indictment came out, and um, which honestly was just getting on my nerves because it just was like, oh, turn the other cheek, and you know, yeah, what right. would you know, Martin, you know, Dr. King would be ashamed <laughs> yeah. of, you know, I was like, no, seeing Dr. Martin Luther King would be ashamed that his quotes are being used to silence people and to shame them into being silenced. Right. Um, when silence is not really um, going to work this time. Right. So um, never my, really. my main thing is getting getting the attention of the establishment. And then, you know, then we really do have to get our legal um, folks. Um, my friend just said her daughter wants to be a judge. 
after seeing all of this. She's eight years old. And I'm like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, but we need to get our legal... Yes. <laughs> She's like, we I want to be a singer. Yeah, I want to be a judge. And I was like, we, oh my God. Yeah, we got to make sure um, she gets... Well, we got to make sure we she need graduates. to get our legal folks yeah. to start dismantling the problems uh, with our, our justice system, which is, you know, people say the justice system is broken. The justice system is working exactly as it was intended to work. Please don't get that twisted. Um, so what we need is to start dismantling um, the justice system as it works and to rebuild the justice system um, because it's definitely um, come to light since the Trayvon Martin um, verdict um, people have been more vocal. This has been on forever. Like, this is, I mean, there was a, a Richard Pryor, um, you know, Richard Pryor clip, and he's talking about LA cops doing chokeholds in 1978. Right, right, you know, right, right. This has been going on for a, a while. This isn't new. It's just that now we have more means to um, get a word out faster and to get, um, and to get some change actually happening, if we can keep this momentum, that's that's mainly what I'm looking for. That it doesn't die down. The Christmas comes and the New Year comes, and we're all fat and happy, you right. know, from the holidays. And then come January 1st, January 2nd, you know, we've all forgotten. So what I'm hoping is is that, and I think that's part of one of the reasons why this all came down when it did, uh, that they thought the holidays would sort of <laughs> quell. Yeah, uh, and keep all of this sort of under wraps, and they were sadly wrong. They were really, really, really wrong about that. Yeah. So I'm hoping that we just keep this momentum, keep our legal folks that are our allies that are on our side, and um, and get them to start actually and actively um, dismantling this and rebuilding it uh, from a place of equality, the base of equality, real equality. Right. Well, I, I love the answer, and I wish we had more time to really touch on that. Yeah, I, I'm yeah. seeing my stream just pop up, and so many people just started listening. So I'm assuming either they yeah, are yeah. on Central Time, and they think this 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 goes down at at a different yeah, yeah. time. You know, what I'm saying it's like four o'clock in Texas. Yeah, yeah. You know, what I'm saying I'm like I I always put yeah, Eastern. it's okay. It's a, but but no, we don't know. It was it was plenty of people listening, but I just seen it just spike at four o'clock. Uh, but maybe they get ready to tune mm -hmm. in to my homie uh, Vic XL and his Riding Dirty uh, Radio. Uh, dirty doesn't count now. Okay. Either way it goes, I had a great time. This was a great interview. I'm going to post this over on our SoundCloud yeah. and, on our, and on our website. So if you guys missed it, okay. uh, it was a great talk with Doria Roberts about um, the music industry, uh, some of the woes of being an uh, indie artist. I really want you guys, if you are friends with me on social media, if not, follow us on Twitter at K100 underscore radio and the same thing on Instagram. Like our Facebook page. It's K100 radio on Facebook. Just type that in K-100 radio and you'll see us. Uh, I want you guys to follow us because I want you guys to get linked in with that article and read the article in its entirety. It's a really great read, a, a really great read. I want you to also connect with Doria Roberts and support her and, you know, check out some of her music. And if you like it, if you like it, buy it. And that goes for her and anyone else in music. OK, if you like the music, buy the music. It costs a lot of money to make music And I think that's the central thing I want people to take away from this It costs money to make music And you all, all of us, every human being on the planet Almost enjoys some form of music Whatever your genre, whatever it is you like Just buy it You know, because R&B is hurting just as well And I know a lot of you guys are even here Because of R. Kelly Okay, or Teddy Pendergrass, whoever A lot of you guys wouldn't even exist if your mama didn't like that song so much And your daddy didn't have that much game 
right? <laughs> so your, your whole existence is predicated on music. Some of y'all, if it wasn't for people talked about Jodeci lip syncing, I don't care. They can lip sync all they want to. Half of you people listening to K One Radio right now wouldn't even be here if, if your mama wasn't fiending. Okay, <laughs> let's get this shit. We put it all in context. Doria Roberts, thank you for coming. Uh, thank you for rocking with me over here in K One Radio. Really great. Thank time. you for having me on. All right, and if you guys are in the Atlanta area, hopefully I can myself. You go out and check her show out. And I'm going to check out that stage platform because I never heard of it until you mentioned it. So I'm actually going to oh, look yeah. into that. Yeah. I'm going to look into that. All right? Yeah. All yeah, right. yeah. Thank you for tuning in to K100 Radio. We're getting ready to go. Uh, Vic XL is coming up. Dirty Dozen. All right. The top 12 indie countdown. And again, I get so much people give me grief about Vic XL's Dirty Dozen. Like, these are people, those people, they already got record deals. They're on the radio. It doesn't matter. It's still independent. Did you know the Migos just got signed? They were independent. I mean, say what you want to say about their music, but those guys were independent artists. Rich Homie Kwan, he had Rich Homie Kwan on his countdown for a while. And people were like, man, he out him every day. How are you independent? Because he ain't have a deal. He did it all the smart way. Him, Yo Gotti, a lot of these other rap guys, they, they were killing the game and they have no, no record deals. So Vic XL's top 12 indie countdown is top 12 indie artists in the nation with the major buzz that don't have a record deal that's not backed by a major label. That's the predication of his mix show. So stop saying you should hear your homeboy over there on the block rolling up an L at the bodega and shit, thinking he's the hottest motherfucker out. Quit bitching. <laughs> tell him to put some fucking work in and get hot. I don't know what the hell to tell you. This is K100 Radio.